Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to a special two-part episode of iHeartGeek. I'm so excited for this episode. I don't think you can even fathom. But before I get into it, we're doing Sandman. We're going to do this in two parts. So um, this first one, I hopefully will be a little shorter. And then come back next week and listen to our second part. Because Sandman is too important to not have a lot of thought put into it. I'm Dub. I'm here with Todd. We are here with Ryan. We're here with Skeeter. Who is who is that rock star on that? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Toby. (laughs) Hey, hi! Long time no see. (laughs) You thought you got uh, taken away out to sea somewhere or something? I did. I did. I had to. I had to jump ship and actually paddle, doggy paddle my way back to shore. Ouch! And then after living on uh, on seaweed and grasses and various berries and bugs, I found I managed to hike through the tundra. And finally arrived here, back on iHeartGeek. Well, we appreciate seeing you. Boy, are her arms tired. Oh, thank you. Wow, you know, Uh, you you missed a chance there. You said the the dog paddle. Just because we are talking same man, I would have thought you would have said cat paddle. Because yes, Mm. Neil Gaiman has. Yes, but you know she is a little depressing. So, and I've already got. There's already a cat here somewhere. Oh, she keeps disappearing. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, it's not my cat, but she is a black cat, and she is her name is Tallulah. Tallulah, of course That's it is. Awesome name. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to throw out a real quick disclaimer before we start. Everybody on this panel loves Sandman. <clears throat> We'd all call it an A. However, um, I want to. We are all going to say negative things about both the show, <clears throat> the story in general. Because it is such an important work, you should be able to focus on the good and the bad. <clears throat> so just because we might say we don't like something doesn't mean we don't love the work. Um, I feel silly that I have to say that, but internet now, guys. Internet. <laughs> it's just like a spouse. You oh, can love them, but you can still see their faults. Yes, you can. So uh, let's see. Go with that. So something we've been discussing... Well, some of us in here have been discussing, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Now, the the TV show, the audiobooks, and the books themselves are they're the same entity, but they're a different entity. Do you need to have all three? Um, let's start with that. Do you or which ones do you need to have to understand what the Sandman is? Go ahead, Todd. Uh, uh, I have not listened to the audiobooks. You're missing but out. He grabbed novels multiple times, watched the TV show. Um, tell you what, there's a lot of difference in the TV show to the books. Uh, the young man that they got to play Morpheus is spectacularly close to the representation in the graphic novels. And my wife, Tracy, was just amazed at the base timber of that skinny yeah. uh, emo boy. <laughs> Voice, <laughs> which is exactly what you want in that character. We're gonna to get to. His oh yeah, yeah. Later, but yeah. Uh, apart from that, the uh, the adaptation from the books to the TV was above fair. How about that? Okay. Now I want to hit Skeeter for a second because Skeeter actually watched the series first. So where do you sit on all this? It's, oh, I, I, I watched trouble understanding. 
So I did start the series first. And then I went and got my, you know, I got all my stuff put together so I could actually get the audiobook. And I'm gonna say that the audiobook for me is because I love voiceover actors. I love the the just the 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 grit you can get with a voiceover actor really playing the role. Um for me that that takes the cake. Um, but watching them parallel, like act for act, scene for scene. Like there were some things that I was just like, dude, I love this, but I love the audiobook so much more because uh, I think Ryan said it earlier, like the detail in certain things lasted, you know, much longer. longer yes. And it was, ugh, it was just, Great. but like in TV, you're doing this. It's, yeah. you know, you got six days to do a show. So you're doing it fast. You don't got time to really, blow it up so yeah audiobook for me all day so tell me um well the question you asked was do we really need all three or if there's one that we need more than the other yeah. and i think I, definitely the graphic novel is where is where it all starts um yeah. in the graphic novel you get the most detail the most depth you also get as as a consumer um the disjointedness of the stories makes more sense because you're mm -hmm. forced to slow down at your own pace to take in, which is funny for me to say about a graphic novel because a lot of times it feels faster because of the dual storytelling of the text as well as the um, as well as the illustrations, which are gorgeous. Yeah, um, so the visual representation of what the the um, author is trying to present, and it makes a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, it's I, I, I think it makes a big difference as an audience member taking in all of that information. And we'll get into this later. But the feedback that I've gotten in general is that people who have read the graphic novel are all about even with its changes are all about the mm -hmm. series and love it. And people who have not tend to be pretty thrown off by, you know, during the first first episode, even into the second episode, because it's such a stylistic form of storytelling yeah. so but i think everything starts with that graphic novel yeah right cool so i listened to the audiobook you listened to it about a, co a couple months ago prior uh prior to watching the show before the show's release um and as somebody who um actively abstains from the death of physical media i have long stared at the coffee table version of the sandman graphic novels like there's a big one that sits on the shelf at barnes and noble and i would love to buy it i just don't know what i would have time to thumb through it but uh the the presentation in the audiobook is second to none mm -hmm. it is a george orwell level of storytelling good. um just in for me i'll, I'll say it's going to be the audiobook version because at the end of the day, all three of these have Neil Gaiman's hands all over them, but only one has Neil Gaiman's voice all over it. And Neil Gaiman's voice is a a specialty in and of itself. And his narration in the uh, the audiobook is really, really special. Yeah. Caveat, um, you're saying that without having read the graphic novels. I, I spent a, probably about half of the audiobook where I was following along with like my comicsology subscription and there is filler in there in that audiobook that does not exist yeah. in the comics 
um, the, the audiobook is really just something special. Um, it, it came to me as advertised, and um, I'm even enjoying the second one now. Excellent. So now I want to actually add a little side note to this. And I, I started out, this was the first graphic story that it was like, this is amazing. This makes me think about really deep things that I don't think I should be thinking about. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow. And that's what Gaiman is really good at. He's, he pushes your own boundaries more than you're comfortable with, but he makes it so you're comfortable at the same time, if that makes sense. But I would suggest if you haven't read the graphic novels, go get your Comixology um, subscription, buy them off of that. It can get very confusing with the way it's drawn because it goes from this side of the page to the other side, to the bottom, to the top. Comixology takes some of that guesswork out. So maybe you don't have to think as hard, but it makes it a little bit more of a comfortable journey getting from point A to point B. Now, I want to ask everybody this question because I think this is important. I said, we all love Sandman. Why? Uh, let's start with Satomi on this. Well, I mean, Halloween is my... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First of all, Halloween is my Christmas. So anything that's going to be a little bit creepy, a little bit off is fantastic. I'm also a big Neil Gaiman fan. And um, there, anything that takes concepts that feel very traditional and well-known and spins it on, his he- on its head is going to be just fun. And I love that it takes us in directions that are unexpected like yeah. constantly unexpected. And that's something that he's very gifted with is you, you don't know where he's going. Things are not predictable. Yeah. Um, he's not a formula writer mm-hmm. and he never is. So no. I would think, I would think that's it. That's, that's good. That's it. Okay. Skeeter, what about you, bud? Uh, well, so for me, everything about like every single story the differences but at the same time like when he like in the different places that he went to he was known as somebody else in a different time in a different land and i just love the way that gaiman just wrote this amazing like there was dark there was light there was comedic breaks i mean it was just awesome and that's what kind of really dragged me in because it was freaking cool and it was just so different from the norm like it wasn't superhero-y it was a freaking dark novel and it was fun yeah there, there's nothing comic book about it other than there's pretty pictures but there's nothing <laughs> we'll get to that one in a minute todd i know uh ryan let's get you first i want to wait same talk relax. Um, I, so, so I like how like, the way he writes his stories. It's almost like a like you're like like someone's drawing a picture like upside down on you, and then like right at the end, like it all makes sense. Right when he flips it over, it it, it just makes sense to you. So like it, like Todd told me to go into this and look for like the psychological, the sociological answer to what mm-hmm. he's trying to tell you, and when you can just piece together what that sentence is to yourself. Like that's just like I, I haven't read anything or listened to anything or watched anything that really just kind of puts me in the position of 
well, what does that mean to my humanity? Every single yeah. time I watch an episode and it's every single episode and they're totally different. Yeah. Now, um, before I get to Todd, I want to say, because I, I introduced, I think, half of this group to the Sandman in general. Um, now, to me, Sandman is the, that is the measuring stick. If I'm going to be, I can be friends with people, but if I'm going to have a very, a, a very in-depth personal friendship with somebody, they've got to understand Sandman. I know that's, that's cheese ball. It sounds high schoolish, but there's something about it because it's, it's going, I don't agree with all the, all of Damon's stances on anything, but the way that he portrays it, a discussion without ever putting anybody down. Wow. It's what, what you're trying to say, Dub, is you're putting kind of a high bar on people's mentality. I do. He proposed to his wife once she told him she finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but there's there's something about it that it catches something that's deep inside of you. And if it doesn't catch, if you don't understand that, read it again. But there's, I I have a closer relationship with people that can understand what they're saying, whether you agree with them or not, if that makes sense. Todd, what about you? All right. Well, I'm somewhere in my 50s. Uh, so I've been around a little bit. Uh, when I was in college, I was a, a uh, philosophy major with a math minor. That means unemployed, yes. Yeah, it pretty much is <laughs> for life. So the thing is, uh, Neil Gaiman is what we used to refer to as an old world scholar. Uh, the stuff that he writes into the Sandman Chronicles are everything from Egyptian mythology to Norse mythology to Christianity to God knows every little niche that gets in between those. And then he sews it up into a great story about a guy who's older than all of those. Mm -hmm. That's that's extraordinarily serious philosophy right there. And the fact that it hooks people so quickly just because of its genuine difference from what you usually read is what really set the hook with me. Yeah. I mean, Dub was the one that got me into it. Uh, I borrowed all of his books, read them, read them again, gave them back, bought my own. I mean, it's affected Dub to the fact that he has a tattoo from them. Yep. Sometimes What's you get? fall. And sometimes you, you die. But sometimes you, you fly. fly. Yeah, sometimes sometimes the fall kills you, but sometimes and sometimes yeah. you wake up and sometimes before you fall you learn to fly. And that's that to me is just one of those just Which is the dream principle. If you fall in a dream, you usually wake up before you hit because if you hit yeah. in a dream you die. But, but if you figure out you're in a dream, you learn how to fly. You learn how to fly. It, so, it's, it's a very basic principle with with wide, wide, wide-ranging yeah. ramifications. But the fact of the matter is, that's the reason I got into it is because there's a huge depth of philosophical reasoning in this. But it's actually just a great story. Yeah, You don't have to be Carl Sagan to understand the story, you know? And something, something else I want to hit is, um, especially for me right now, Death. <clears throat> now, Death is such an important character in this, and there's a sweetness to her, and there's a joy. 
Now, <clears throat> I'm gonna be a little personal here. There was somebody that was gonna be on this episode um, that passed um, a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about this episode actually three days, about same about three days before he passed. And we we're talking about death and you know the sweetness and all that other stuff, and just about a bunch of the characters. But there's something that's so comforting having that discussion, like, you know, what whether you're philosophically agree with it or not, in that moment, there's a sweetness to it, and there is it doesn't hurt so much, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. that's a really important um thing in there. Okay, so um I want to hit what are your favorite stories throughout Sandman? Now, we don't know whether or not we're going to have season two of Sandman. Hoping yes, we do. Did it come out? Is it coming out? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're going to have it. They're going to have it. Okay. Last I heard, they're still up in the air. The last, okay. The last I heard is that they were confirmed for a season two, but is this Warner Brothers going to have it or somebody else going to have it? My sources could be uh, non um, reliable. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to trust your sources just because I know who some of your sources are. (laughs) Yeah, but even them could be wrong. That is true. Now, (laughs) even if there's a possibility. Yeah. Now, because we're getting a season, if we're getting a season two, there's one story that they didn't give us in the TV show, and that is the Shakespeare goes to the other world and his whole troupe performed Midsummer Night's Dream in front of all the demigods. And it's just, that actually won the Peabody Award. It's the last um, <clears throat> graphic novel that they changed the rules so it could, another graphic novel could never so win. Win it every year. <laughs> Right. That that says how far and above all this is. But that is one of my favorite stories. Um, we're going to go through some of them. So take as many as you want. What are some of your favorite stories? Let's start with um, Skeeter. Which, what are your favorite stories from Sandman? So my favorite story, um, like top, is the hundred year uh, where where him where he meets his his who wouldn't who die wasn't his friend in the beginning. Hob Gatlin. Yes, the how their friendship evolved and and when it went from don't call me your friend to you're late yeah like you know you don't you don't miss out on meeting a friend to me that that like really is like humanized him yes and it's you know it's true all the way around um and then as much as i loved the diner in the audiobook I loved the diner scene. Really? Because it was just such a crazy, like, what in the world is happening right now? Like, this is <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to break this into two parts real quick. We'll get to everybody else in a second. But as far as the Hobgadling thing, that was a stroke of genius in where they put that in the Netflix series. Because it was after um, On Angel's Wings, and you just saw a baby not with us anymore. And it's just, it's so emotionally Oh, yeah. To you. Uh, you are emotionally, you're, no matter who you are, you're sitting there, you know what's going to happen. Like, no, 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 no. 
And then they gave us this lighthearted Hob Gadlin story to balance it out. Because I don't think if you have, if you didn't have that, I don't think you could have liked that episode in general. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Sound of her wings. And oh. it's not even close, dude. Um, death it's good on every part. It's good on every it's meetup. Every part of it. And because the second half of that episode is the 100 year meetup. So it's like that entire episode is perfect. But that's because in the book, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about that episode. To clarify an, an opinion on death, just based on the way his story gets told to you, is, is a surreal experience. Um, and then to go through the show, like for, for me, the, the ending of that is really hard for me to go through. I don't know if it's easier for somebody else. I have a baby sleeping in the crib in another room. My wife's pregnant with our third kid. I don't know if that means more to me now than it would to me in 15 years. But just at the moment that I read that, it was incredibly powerful. It was incredibly clarifying on my opinion of death. Um, I think that's just such a special part of this entire story. Um, and then if I'm picking a second one, um, the, the, the Dream of a Thousand Cats. I think that's a really, really special message as well. Interesting. I, and they well in the representation on TV. I I was so glad that they did it as like a as extra. like a an animation extra. Yeah. It was so good, and they, it was actually really well, like really close to what um what was portrayed in the book. So yeah. it was really, really close, and they held really tight to that. So I was really happy about that. So I those two definitely. Yeah. Now. We're going to talk about death and a lot of the other characters and things that we like, don't like next, next episode. So hold on to your britches. Mm -hmm. I know we all want to say on our like, Oh, I want to say it. We'll wait. Uh, Todd, what about you? Your favorite? Uh, The, the entire arc of Fiddler Green. Oh, the fact that he would be the embodiment of a wonderful place in dream and how much help he gave Rose was amazing. Beautiful. That being said, this is not a story arc, but it's a subcontext throughout the entire story about death, about death being kind, resolute, and inevitable. Yeah. That really struck a chord with me. Well, I, one of my favorite things with death was the line they give. I was the first one here, and I, as soon as the universe ends, I get to put all the chairs on the tables, shut off the lights, and we're done. I'm like, that is the beginning of the end. And I think that was just an amazing. Called the Alpha and the Omega in philosophical circles. And yes, that is exactly what death is. Death yeah. supersedes. For, for, for me, it was when she, uh, when he says, I like, they don't, they don't understand my sister's gift and I don't understand why. Like, and, and I love, yeah, I love, I love that the, part. And I'm never alone. You guys have to do your jobs, but I'm never alone. And I'm like, no, don't. Oh. This whole story started because that a-hole magician was trying to capture death, death. and shot in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck capturing death. That would be a problem. Oh, that I, I don't even know what would happen there. Uh, no. Nope. Well, I'm going to start by, by clarifying that um, – I was one of the people who was, I did, I did look this up. I was one of the people who was confused by the fact that they had started shooting some material for season two. 
um, they have not officially gotten the green light. So, um, so oh, yeah. I was the one, one of the ones who got confused. So, my bad. We're, we're all um, as for, we, we didn't get the Shakespeare we episode, so we're clinging on to hope. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's just so much to so much to, to say and so much to continue. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I actually and then I have I have nothing to ha- add. You guys kind of hit them all. Um, on, honestly, every time you every time you guys brought one up, I was like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. You guys have said it all. They're beautiful. Okay, so for a comparison, and I want to discuss this because I think this is a harsh reality, and that is the Calliope story. Now, the Calliope story in the TV show, and this is where I want to do some kind of comparisons. It's not dirty. It's not gritty. It's on the TV show, something that could happen to anybody. Um, no one's really evil in it. I mean, they are, but they're not. It's They're caught up in circumstances. In the book, it's so dark. And I, I know you couldn't play it on TV because everybody in the world would be protesting. But I think that's one of those ones that just, and you know, you meet the kindly ones and everything else, and it's just so unfulfilling. So how, how it makes it harder to understand in the in the TV version. It makes it harder to understand why the decisions were made, yeah, and why you know why he wasn't going to forgive her and the harsh treatment that he did to her. Exactly, you're kind of like, buddy, you know, come on, you're sort of rooting for them. Yeah. So you know, I I I agree, and that's you know, it, it's one of those things, and there's a few things throughout the show that have to be dealt with carefully i agree and that's a topic that's very touchy which and and i think it should be but i wish they would put a little more thought into it because there's things that you can't get from that story you can't the show glossed over a lot of the cruelty that was involved in that arc um the the uh i don't know how the audio did but the uh it's spot on okay because the 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 graphic novels were nothing but right in your face, brutal about the fact that she was being, uh, she was a slave. Yeah. Horrible. It, it could also be, um, it could also be that there wasn't time that they were not yeah. greenlit for any more, any more episodes. And they wanted to make sure that the story was told. It's possible also that they yeah. will build in more backstory should season two eventually get greenlit and that will be something that will unfold as it goes because Netflix, I mean, the streaming services services certainly do not shy away when producing from difficult material. So HBO can go a little darker though. HBO can definitely go a little darker. And I wish that Um, they would have picked them up. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, if the fans keep asking for it, it's, it's, it's not that we won't see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I want to hit another scene that, or story arc that I kind of had. This is the one thing that the um, the show I think did better than the graphic novel. That's the only time you're going to hear me say that. And that uh, is during the serial killer convention, um, with the punishment of the bad guy Funland. Um, he's evil. He does very bad things to children. I'll just leave it at that. Um, in the books, 
They gave him a very merciful, kind death that he would want, and he kind of just floated off into happiness. And it, that never sat well with me. Very disappointing. However, in the, in the TV show, they gave him a pretty, it wasn't gruesome enough, but they gave him a pretty gruesome death, and he didn't get a smile going off into dreamland forever. He definitely hurt, and it was bad. I don't that that's one of the, that's the one issue I have with Sandman is the the kindness shown to Funland. Does everyone know what I'm talking about on that scene? Absolutely. Yeah. I, does, is anybody else did that anybody else pick up on that or is that just a me thing? I I took that as Neil Gaiman uh just a mistake. Life is not always fair. Yeah. That's fair. He, like burned to death for 20 hours. But in the, the graphic novels, he got out really easy. Yeah. In the show, he got out pretty damn easy. Yeah. So I want to hit, and then this one, because we talked about it before, and then we're going to kind of do a little bit of wrap up. So I want to talk about, I think one of the more important and known scenes is the cafe. Um, <laughs> was there a way to do that as well as the books? Because the books, it goes hour by hour, or the audiobooks, everything. It's hour by hour. Bulls, and, nope. And the, the, just the build on the build on the build, it's so important. And this was kind of like, okay, we go from, it's kind of creepy. Okay, it's HBO after dark. Oh, yeah. And then everybody's dead. Um, <laughs> how could that have been done? So tell me you got an idea on that. Well, no, no, it's, I mean, I know, I know people who are absolutely just mortified by that scene. Um, and it, was, I it, knew was, what was, it wasn't comfortable, but it just wasn't as bad as it should have been. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, I think the only way that you can make something like that, uh, something like that better is the whole, like, uh, what's left up to the imagination is always more horrifying than what they can actually put on screen. Sure. So, you know, there were a couple of moments, you know, we saw aftermath, which PS is very Shakespearean that, you know, we, we don't see what actually happens. We just see the dead bodies afterwards. Um, yes. Exactly. Exactly. And how did, how, how did it come to this? Um, so it would have been interesting if they had given us just a little bit of a peek of like the heading into it. And then our minds can make it as disgusting and freaky yeah. as possible. But it's, it's so it's tough hard. because it yeah. is such a gory, fantastic yes. chapter of the book, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not that I want that in my life. I just want to like, you just want that moment. Know, yeah. <laughs> I just want it in graphic novels and movies and stuff. <laughs> Ryan, I know you're a big advocate of you didn't like this scene. Yeah, so I didn't like this scene in the show at all. Um, by, yeah. <laughs> well, there's like no, it, I, and then I, there's I, disappointment. There's no, a difference. I, I, yeah, so I the the show it didn't do the it didn't do it to the level that the book did. Um, Thank God. And short of doing it the way I wanted, you would have lost the average viewer doing it the way I wanted. <laughs> I don't know if you could really do anything more than like have the uh, the screen just like 
you know, 1 a.m., someone stabbing their eyes, 2 a.m., someone screaming, like, like just like some straight up six minutes of just like, like nauseating horror hour by hour where the, where it's just kind of quickly going through it. But like, you'd lose the average viewer doing it the way it needs oh, yeah. to be done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, wa- yeah. I wanted this to be, like, like, it would have to make, like, a really quick turn into, like, a really dark horror movie. And, like, going straight for, like, the third act of the horror movie. But without doing that, I don't think they could have presented this in any any better fashion than they did. I'm just not happy with the fashion they presented it with. I just wanted it to be way worse than it was. Because it was way worse in the book. Now. If you look on YouTube, there is an animated version of it uh, that they got permission from Neil Gaiman. You are kidding me. It was like four years, four or five years ago. And I suggest finding it. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) See you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) So um, search it out. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's what could have been. Um, It's more the direction of where they originally wanted to go with the show. And it was all animated. I'm glad that they went live action because I don't think that animation would have done this show well. Um, okay, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in it right here. We're gonna come back next week and we are going to do a deep character study of everything. Now, before we do that, because this it makes more sense to say it now, let me hear your grades for. Whatever mediums you've watched with Sandman, um, and this is the only time you will hear me say this: uh, graphic novel A plus because you can't get better. Audiobook A plus. Um, TV show a B plus. However, if I wouldn't have fallen in love with Sandman, it would have either been a C or an A. I don't know which because of how much. Um, so let's go with Todd. What is, what's your grades on whichever mediums you've watched on Sandman? Well, the graphic novels are A+. Plus. It's one of the finest stories I've ever experienced. Um, I don't have a grade for the audiobooks because I haven't heard them. Uh, the visual ones, I will give a strong B. Very good. So tell me. Uh, graphic novel, A+, plus, audio, A+. Plus. Hmm. The um, series, yeah, I see what you mean. I I flip flop as a fan of the graphic novel. I give it an A minus hmm. because I, you know, adapting is adapting is hard. Yeah. Adapting is hard. It's hard. It's hard, especially you know, like making it smaller and making it fit for the average person, but. For the average person, I would put it more of a B plus because if you don't already know the story, it can be very, very confusing. Very, yes, good call. Very. So, Skeeter, Um, haven't done graphic novel. Uh, Literally, just uh, put them in my cart um, because I want the actual in my hands. Um, <laughs> but uh, audiobook A plus all day, loved it. Uh, show I'm gonna go B plus as well. Um, it was just a good watch, and it was really cool to do it parallel to the audiobooks because I kind of got this this your questions answered. Yeah, a deeper piece 
And even though I was coming back to you guys, it was always, you know, it was literally the next morning on my way to the coast listening to, oh, well, there's my answer right there. So just awesome. Loved both of them. Just now I'm waiting for the for the graphic novel. And, and honestly, folks, has everybody seen the show? Yeah. Damn, man. The visuals were dope. I wanted to see the dreaming on a big screen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 70 millimeter yeah. dreaming, man. Oh. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> We're all going to Skeeter's house. <laughs> a big white wall, of Skeeter. Okay, Ryan. Let's Everyone's hear invited. Let's hear right. audio audiobooks in A plus and like a strong A plus at that. Um, the graphic novels I haven't gone cover to cover, but from what I've seen, definitely an A plus. I love the art style, the black and white looks just just leaves it up to the imagination. The show, having read the books, a B plus with the knowledge of how I needed to approach it. If I just watched it and like had not really known what I was going to be watching, it probably would have been a B. Um, had I not known how to watch these, if I was just an average viewer, it's probably like a C plus or a B minus. Like it, it I, I feel like you need to know what you're watching to watch the show. You need to either have read or to be sitting next to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you need to, like somebody needs to have the background information. Like, oh, this is wrong. Oh, they did a really good job with that. What is the stupid bird? What? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or have just one of those really open minds that's really mm-hmm. good at just being like letting it happen <laughs> yeah, to you and letting and it that, come in. And that's what one of those things is like this this is it's a different experience if you understand and you enjoy film. If you're just the average person turning on Netflix. This is probably not your thing. It's going to be a WTF event. Yeah. I, I Tip it. Like, I love the WTF part. Yeah. I love it <laughs> yeah. with like anything, even if I don't know what it's about. I love being confused about stuff and like having to rake my mind about what I just saw. Yeah. Well, so as a, um, and I just want to put this out there for anybody who hasn't watched it, I would suggest get it at the, if you're not a reader, at the very minimum, Listen to the first um, audiobook because it will it, it answers everything you need to answer, and then you will enjoy it. I don't think you could get through the entire audiobook without enjoying, and then not enjoying the TV series. Just I feel like the, the book is also so readable. The book is brilliant, but it takes yeah. a lot longer. That's the only reason I'm, I'm suggesting the audio. That audiobook is a real special experience. Now, the, the books come in a boxed edition. It's uh, eleven novels and then three unnumbered. It's yeah. fourteen. I was staring at part one at Barnes and Noble of like this eighteen by eighteen coffee table book that has like excerpts on the sides and the bottom of the page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was having a problem not walking out of there with that. I had a home loan for a book either. So. <laughs> okay. With that being said, we'll be back next week, guys. Uh, Check out the website, www.iheartgeekshow.com. Use call with paid X4. Go to Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think I said that all the time. I'm Dub. I'm here with Todd. We're here with Ryan. We're here with Skeeter. We're here with Satomi. Keep on geeking on, guys. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the latest episode of the iHeartGeek Show. 
make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.